Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Boys, Season 1, Episode 5, it's called Good for the Soul. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. Um, this episode does indeed revolve around a giant Christian concert, or not concert, this, uh, well it's a concert, but it's more of a fair, there's like, you know, there's a lot of things going on. Is it more one yeah, of their expos? not the right word. Expo, it's just like a... Yeah. Convention Expo with a, a, a main sort I believe. That, 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 you know, it feels like a fate, just a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, like a village fate, but, yes. but bigger. Uh, a scary g- gathering of a cult is, is uh, kind of how I feel about the whole thing. Um, and yes, so that's kind of what the main gist of the plot is. This one's actually kind of funny because normally we tackle like, oh, we'll tackle this subplot, this subplot. I feel like the plots kind of dip in and out of each other uh, as people get involved in the, the the Christian thing and then dip back out of it as the episode yeah. goes on. Uh, we start with um, A-Train and uh, Popclaw uh, in a scene where she's hiding in Cuba and he comes to her and says, okay, I've talked to Stella well. And she's okay with us going public, but you have to tell me who you told about Compound V. And I'm like, this is, like, like clearly, this is a lie. This is, right away, it's a lie. Um, and when he gets to the point where he starts telling her that he loves her, I'm like, oh, he's about to kill her. <laughs> yeah, but she's a distraught junkie, so she'll believe it. She, she yeah, she believes it enough. Um, she admits to what, 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 you know, not the face sitting. So he doesn't find that out till later, but... No, uh, just kind of like, oh, these guys, very rough descriptions... Yeah, yeah. Um, broke in the apartment and, you know, uh, have something on her. She didn't quite say what it is, admittedly, but um, yeah. but he gets enough out of her that he feels like, oh, he's got what he can get, and he he super speeds and ODs her. It sticks four needles in her arm. I'm sure you loved this, uh, this it moment. It was terrifying. Yes, yes. Connor has a fear of needles, if anyone's un- is unaware of this, and that's what, that's what happened there. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty dark scene. He goes to Homelander immediately, and it's like, no, this was under orders. This was kind of what he has to do. He stay in good graces with the Seven. And yep. what I think is really interesting about it, though, is just the contrast when Homelander, you know, towards the end of the scene, says he loves him and insists that he come in for a hug. Now, obviously, he has the moment where he's hugging him where he says, I'm always watching out for you. It's as if to say, I'm always watching. Don't you mess yeah. up again. But even just when he says, you know, I love you, you know, come here for a hug, it's amazing to me just how ungenuine this feels. Unge- disingenuous, I believe, is the, the word I was looking for there. Um, and, but compare it to when he said that to Popclaw right before he was going to kill her, it actually did feel genuine. He does love her, but he's just he's conditioned enough and so scared of Homelander and everyone else that he he believes he has to kill her. I mean, uh, with good reason, I think, to be scared of Homelander. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's... he's, he's well, a, Everyone would be terrified if they realised. He's a godlike psychopath. Like, there's absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, he's, he's justified in, in being scared. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the first couple of scenes, and we kind of quickly come after. I, I, I'm not necessarily following the scenes in order here. I'm just going to jump to the Christian stuff, and I'll jump back to other subplots as we go. Um, but we we got the Christian concert, and he's there with Huey as Connor hits his mic, and. We, uh, you know, we established that okay, she is religious, but she she's clearly having doubts as she's walking around. Not in this scene necessarily, but just in the, the few scenes where they're walking around the grounds, and she's seeing stalls say, you know, basically decrying gay marriage and decrying any type of um, unchristian value, and yeah. looking a little bit horrified of how kind of in your face and militant it seems to be 
turning into compared to what she was just because we find out she used to travel the circuit with as a kid with her mother yeah she kind of knows all the the regular faces yeah um and you know he reveals ah oh, he went to sunday school he's i mean he's relapsed he's not really that religious but you know he's he, he's making nice with it uh the first interaction between him and her mother which is kind of awkward because she thinks he works there or, or something like that she's like you can go now yeah so yeah you know, like we we get all this kind of stuff, but obviously the real reason he's there, or the real reason that the the, the boys and Billy specifically, uh, well, he wants them to get into Ezekiel's private VIP area, which costs a fortune, right? Yeah. He, he wants them to use his friendship with Starlight to get in there, so that he can show him footage of him in the uh, the superhero club that they went to back in the first episode. With uh, a couple of guys. With a couple which is of guys. He, you know, the the anti-gay spokesperson. Yeah, he's literally up on stage in one of these earlier scenes, you know, spouting rhetoric about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously Huey's scared shitless. Um, and once again, he's too scared to actually ask Annie until he kind of has a vision of his girlfriend. He has a vision of Robin again. And it kind of, like, spurs him on as to this is why he's here, this is what he's doing. Um, yeah. And it convinces him to ask the question. And she's kind of taken aback that he's asking for such a weirdly big favour. Like, hey, this ticket that costs, you know, thousands or whatever um you know can you get me in there and she agrees to it and he does go in he gets baptized by homelander that's the whole thing homelander's there too. I, I love when he gets in there and homelander's just there it's like oh yeah you're, you're, you're the guy uh honey brought in it must be pretty special yeah what, what would that really smug smile where he's like yeah there's something fishy about this yeah. something fishy about you uh so yeah and obviously scared before he's baptized because they'll literally get into a pool where homelander's dunking him and it's like yeah if homelander wanted to he could just be dead right there <laughs> like he could just hold you and, and homelander does hold him under just a little bit longer than, than just enough so he knows yeah just enough so he knows that he's in i mean obviously he could come and kill him anytime he wants anyway but in this pers- he's essentially giving him the trust to to not kill him here which yeah. is obviously very difficult uh so obviously everyone leaves and he he goes up to ezekiel and he's like hey i need to talk to you show you something but his phone that he had the footage on it's all wet and it won't turn on yeah this seems like an oversight should have taken your phones out before the baptism yeah well obviously didn't know it was gonna be a baptism before he went in this is all caught him off guard when they got in there and there was a cue she was like oh sorry i left my phone in the pocket can i just leave it on the side He's too scared shitless because he's not prepared to be in this sort of high-stakes situation. Like, he, I know. He's not prepared to be blackmailing someone this powerful who t- turns out has Mr. Fantastic powers. <laughs> but we knew that already, didn't we? we? We saw him in the gay club. We did. I can't forget about it, though. It wasn't until he did the whole hold wide world in his arms thing. And you were like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah. Um, it took me a second. I didn't recognize him at first. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, Huey, in a panic, instead of because he can't show the footage, just yells out that he had sex with him and that he's got a footage Banking of that it. he wouldn't remember. Yeah, uh, which he doesn't. Uh, but obviously, he knows that there's truth that he's had sex with guys, so there's enough of doubt to like believe it's, him. It's when he says some stuff and he gets specific, like, not not like overly specific, but enough that he mentioned specific things. And I'm like, ooh, you know, is he going to get called out on like, hey, we didn't do that? What I like about this actually. Is Ezekiel immediately goes, all right, so you're here for money then, right? You want money. Um, and he's like, no, I want information. So you transfer this under this guy's, but it's not really that. It's a uh, compound V. Uh, where's it going? Who do you get it from? What's the, you know, like, and he starts asking him all these questions about it. And he's like, who the hell are you? Like, he's like, he wasn't expecting these questions. He wasn't expecting no, compound V to be the subject of whatever this was. Um, I, I like that, 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 that moment. Um, 
So he gets enough information which sends uh, Mother's Milk and uh, Billy. We'll get to Billy's subplot before we get to the next part of this. Um, I just want to round out Huey and, and Annie because Annie, of course, is uh, having meetings at this 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 festival as well. Uh, she's in like a sort of group chat with all these young people and yeah. they're asking her various questions about... Uh, and she's wearing her old outfit because it's more family-friendly, as she puts it. Which I, I appreciate that it's it's interesting that, that Vaught acknowledges that, no, this is this is for this audience what you need to wear. Mm. Uh, they're very conscious of that image. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing when they're making her yeah. wear the other outfit is, is kind of the key thing here, I think. But yeah, so they're asking her all these questions about... Um, you know, one kid asks her about, oh, I've got this friend who's, uh, I can't remember what the religion was, but it was another religion, and yeah. says, oh, I know I should be trying to convert them, but I feel kind of weird about it, and Annie's like, well, I mean, the Bible does tell us to, you know, love thy neighbor, and, you know, and obviously she's saying, no, leave them alone, they've got their own beliefs. And, and the don't... guy next to her, who's kind of the the, uh, the overseer, is like, yeah. exactly, and if you love them, you got to convert them. Wouldn't yeah. want that eternal damnation now, would you? Yeah, because they're going to go to hell, you're, you're, you're giving them the gift of eternal life, so you have to convert them, yeah. That's, that's just the way it, and you can see that this has eaten her up a little bit and say she's not really down with the the aggressive recruitment. She's, she's very uncomfortable all episode yeah. with all of this uh, and then she's forced to lie about her sexual relations uh when she's asked by a young girl about having a boyfriend um and she and obviously i think, I think the most important scene almost here uh, outside of the speech itself when she gets on stage is when she talks to her mother before going on stage and says, "Hey, I don't know if I feel comfortable with all this," I, you know, and her mother makes it very clear that this is all about her. <laughs> that she's been prepping her daughter for. Show you know, she, you know she is. She's one of those mothers who puts their kids through like beauty pageants from a young age, and is like determined. Oh, no, literally. Yeah. Do you not remember? Uh, Annie said, "You know, she put her in the uh, in her, in her interviews tape at the very start. Uh, she was put in the you know the superhero pageants." You're right. You're right. Yeah, but that, that's a, but in the sense that she is this unforgivingly, like, it's not about the daughter at all. It's all about what yeah. she wants. It's all about her success. She she's living vicariously through Annie, and she's told, "No, you're going out there and you're making this damn speech." And she goes out there and she she makes she starts a speech. She's like, she gets, from, gets a few sentences in, reading from the auto cue, and then she's like, "You know what? Cut the music. No, 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 no. This is all bullshit." I mean, she doesn't say that exact word, but she's like, "This is all scripted. This, I'm reading what I'm been told to read." But here's the honest, here's the honesty here, is that no one knows, I mean that's kind of the end, that's the point at the end, admittedly, I'm kind of skipping yeah. over the other parts, but you know, she makes the points of no one knows any answers, so it's silly to pretend that we all do, right? All these people saying that we know exactly how this works and what we're, why you should do this thing and that thing, no one really knows. Um, but Huey, is in, you see Huey in the crowd just being like the only one in the crowd who's eating this up, he's like, yeah, at the yeah. End, at the end, like, she walks off and he starts applauding <laughs> and no one else does. Yeah, and she's talking about like oh, I was like you know this, this isn't injustice because she's talking about uh, how the Bible like it was written when people's life expectancy was thirty years old and we shouldn't take it literally anymore and you know being gay or having sex before marriage isn't isn't a sin. Um, it isn't immoral. I believe, isn't immoral. Uh, what's immoral is a guy who stuck his dick in my face. Which I'm pointing that line out not only because she's kind of admitting that something happened. No, she doesn't go into any more detail. She doesn't explain. But, you, but you're assault. not sure if she is going to it yeah. in the moment. But it does, just before this scene actually, we're, we're, we're introduced for the episode to the deep, who's just watching a news report of his incompetent uh, dolphin jailbreak, yep. and that's all he's doing. Like, we just get a glimpse of him to see that he's there watching the TV. And then like she Cheetos or something. Yeah, and then when she says this, you know, the guy who stuck his dick in my face, it comes to him, and my favourite part, because I skimmed through the episode, because I watched this yesterday, I skimmed through the episode before we came on, and I remembered him like sort of spitting out some of his Cheetos or whatever going, it was he's eating. It's, it's Wiley's just saying shit, isn't it? Yeah, but 
watching it again, there's a bit of timing here that makes it even better that I didn't. Well, maybe I noticed it, but I'd forgotten about it in the, in the meantime. Is he actually stares blankly for a couple of seconds before he says shit, and then he's because I was you know when it cut back to him, I expected him to spit his thing out as soon as you said it, but there's a pause. There is, yeah. And then he says shit, and it spits out. And you uh, see, still will do the same. And Stillwell yeah, is likewise uh, watching in horror uh, in her office. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's the second time in the episode actually she's watching in horror at a speech. We'll get to the other one <laughs> in a bit. Uh. But yeah. You know, and she makes this 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 whole thing, and she she walks off stage, and everyone else is silent. Huey's clapping, and Huey when he catches up to her, uh, tries to tell her like how great that was, and she's like, "Oh, do you want any more tickets? Any more VIP?" And it's like, "Oh, she she knows that she was used, and she's you know her whole thing this episode is admitting the bullshit that's around her." And she's recognizing what Huey did was bullshit. And he kind of fesses up. Now, he doesn't fess up to exactly why. He's not honest about that. But he is honest. and Because this is the first time he tells her that his girlfriend was killed. Right? Doesn't say yeah. who by. But he ha- does have some honesty in this, this I'm this not speech. even sure. Does he say killed? Or does, say, or does he just say died? I'd have to go back and check the exact line. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's he's at least honest that he was with someone who just died, right? And he's going through this, which is which is true, right? Obviously, he's leaving out a lot of extra details. It is, but it's it's very true for his motivation in that everything he's done is inspired by that. It, even you know, to the point where every time he actually does something to her, you know, he sees Robin first. Yeah, uh, and yeah, because we see it even in this very episode, it reminds us. So when he says that, it feels true, even though he is leaving out, you know, the boys, and he's leaving out that it was a train, and he's leaving out that you know all these other stuff, um. And she's kind of responds to that, and they, they, they do indeed hug, and it feels like they're a bit closer than they were before. So, you know, yeah. uh, it's a very cathartic speech, cathartic, cathartic speech she gives, um, which is really nice. Um, and the reactions of everyone else is really wonderful. Seeing her mother kind of lose her shit, seeing the deep, seeing Stellwell lose her shit, all these characters losing their shit because she is going off book and saying what she really wants to say is very satisfying because she's so been put upon this entire show up until this point. Uh, yeah. Not the end of the journey by any means, but satisfying. It's the first step back, though. Yeah. Um, so I should mention Homelander. Homelander, who, when he shows up, is very upset. Stillwell's not there, so he flies off uh, to see her. Um, and... She's taking the her baby to the doctors. Yes, yes. And he is kind of annoyed that she's having personal time that she has to attend to the baby time with the baby and he's like oh no just reschedule yeah and he's he's upset about his speech because it's too corporate so he goes off book he he goes on a whole rant on stage about um how they should let him go and deal with the terrorists and they shouldn't have to wait for congress and and obviously it plays really well in that audience oh yeah they're all lapping it up which was always the point where he was like no these are my people that's speak to them. Well, no, no, this, this call what it is. This is make America great again. That's what this is. Yeah. This is this is Trump on stage rallying up oh. a bunch of people who already believe what he's saying. Absolutely, but Stillwell's there going, "Hey, hey, we don't need just those people. We need to appeal to all the others as well. So tone it down a bit." Yeah, and, but you know, he's just having none of it. Well, she says that before that. She says that well. Yeah. Well, they're talking. He he's ignored all of this though because he's feeling petty, and he he does his whole speech. He literally floats like Jesus at the end of the speech. Yeah, um, and he does the thing. He floats over the crowd, and all the old go to touch him. Yeah, yeah. He you know he's, he's going full on with this, and later on, obviously, he has a stuff with that. And he had an all stuff with Maeve at the start. We'll get to that in Maeve subplot. Um, yeah. But he uh you know he he's watching Maeve through the painting again with his X-ray vision. Um, and she's like, I know you're there. Like she's got like a sensor set up so that she knows that he's out there when she's in her office. 
and calls him this in. This is Stillwell, not Maeve. Stillwell, sorry, yeah, Stillwell. Um, and what's what's great about this scene is that it really contextualizes the stuff from earlier on, where he was acting kind of like butthurt that she was taking care of her kid, and she talks to him like a child in this scene. She, because there's a moment where you think it's going to get erotic and it's going to be more of a, and I suppose in a way it kind of is. It's kind of this weird murky, yeah. incesty mother son thing that they've got going. Definitely. Uh, but she unbuttons her shirt a little bit and she's like, "Hey, you can't be bad. You have to be." I know I've been not been paying enough attention to you. Um, so you know it's time to give you know <laughs> Homelander his time. And he he rests his head on her lap. She's got her shirt, and it's almost like you know it's, it's like she's breastfeeding, but with her fingers, where she puts her fingers in his mouth and he's sucking on her fingers. And it's basically this this terrifying idea that he is a little child, and that's why he 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 he, he has never had to mature because he can just do what he wants. So he's never had to like evolve past that in Pretty a sense. Much, yeah. Um, and because of that, she has to treat him like a child and give him what he wants to keep him calm, so that he'll do what he's what he's told. But there's a few times in this episode where you kind of think, "Is he getting sick of this? Is he gonna snap? Is he gonna go off book? Like really off book or off? Uh, you know, well, you know, because he's mentioned to Mabel already in the past, like, hey, what do we need vote for? You know, um, and you kind of like, okay, see, how long till he goes down that path? No, I agree until this scene, and then yeah. this is exactly what he wanted the whole time. Exactly, yeah. But, but like I say, you know, if there's all throughout the episode, that's what you're feeling. And then it does subvert it with this entirely. And you're like, oh, okay. It's, it's, no, he wants his mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, re- really, yeah, re- really, really murky stuff. Murky stuff. Um, so, yeah, Maeve, obviously, she has a scene with Homelander at the start where they're at the funeral for the plane. And this is the thing. This is what I was saying about the plots all interjecting. Homelander's in like four plots in this episode. Which is why we've spoken about all his scenes out of order. <laughs> um, but he's in this scene, he's, he's just giving a speech at the funeral, and he's listing all the names. And Maeve is, like, thinking of the people on the plane as he's saying the names. And, yeah, especially when it gets to the mother and daughter. Yeah, and, he, you know, she, she storms off uh, and go, goes to sit on her own, and he comes after after the funeral and sits down with her. And, you know, he tells her this, you know, this remembers a story with her about her firing a, a pen... I think it was a, a bad guy and uh, hitting him in the eye and killing this gunman and it's like oh you took action you took action so yeah this plane thing happened it was bad no one wanted it but but we'll take action now um, and again it's all PR space all like sugarcoating it and saying we'll turn it into you know we'll take lemons and make lemonade out of the plane yeah. crashing um, and she can't deal with this and what I love about this is we're introduced to this uh, this ex-girlfriend of hers she's got this love interest that she goes and sees and it's just it's really just this one scene and yeah. she goes to her and what I love about this is that we obviously we learn a lot about their relationship and it ended badly. Her drinking was a problem. This girlfriend doesn't want to see her. She repeatedly tells her to leave. And what I love about it is that her going to see this girlfriend by the end of the scene is very clear that it was never about coming to see her. It was about needing to be away from everything else in her life. You know, like, oh, yeah. because the girlfriend realizes this as well, even though Maeve tries to kiss her at one point and she kind of pushes her away, but she doesn't try to kick her out after that again. She She's like, she realizes that this is not about wanting, wanting to get back with her. This is about something's happened in her, you know, the, the, the seven life that she is struggling with. She is breaking down because she starts yeah. crying. She's, she's saying, I can't go back. You know, all those people. It's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of heartbreaking. And it's, it's kind of this idea that, you know, we talked about, I think, back in like episode two or whatever, but Maeve also been kind of broken by this, like the men around her. And, yeah, I think it, it was uh, the scene with Annie in the bathroom where yeah. she kind of just took it. 
almost stoically like she was just used to yeah. the, you, you know she was broken by it already and i think what i like about this is that another element of satire that's here that maybe we've, we've maybe overlooked to an extent is the idea that you know in the real world like men with power um abuse it and like take advantage of everyone around them but especially women right and that's a big thing we've been talking about sure. a lot in the news in the last couple of years and things like that I think this is an example of a show taking it and turning it up to 11 because this is men with actual superpowers that are abusing their power. Um, oh, and, yeah, yeah. You know, turns it straight up. So, um, and I think it's an interesting thing that even the superpowered women, the, the, the more experienced, not, not even Annie, like the, the experienced yeah, not even one. The, the fresh young faced girl who's just getting into it doesn't know any better. It, you know, it's it's not just her. It's, no, it's 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 just Maeve. It's just the, the veteran who's been there for a long time, who's yeah. been beaten down by this, and is like a a victim of this system. And it's so you know, another layer of satire is is great uh, to add to the show. But um, what I think that has been really effective here is that Maeve's a character who felt fairly minor in the first couple of episodes, but I think between the plane scene last episode and then this scene this episode, she's kind of risen to be feel like one of the more important characters in terms of what the show is exploring. Yeah, she didn't feel necessarily overlooked. She just was there, you know. Uh, but but so was a lot of them. You know, a lot of characters at the start were just kind of, okay, they're around. They're, we weren't necessarily going to, oh, they're the really important ones. Um, well, I mean, you know, no, I mean, because like, no, the, the important ones were clearly Homelander, A-Train, and that was basically it. Yeah, but like, like again, I feel like The Deep has gotten more, not necessarily in good ways, but since since that first episode, it's like, okay, there's there's more going on with The Deep than we thought of. Yeah, with you know with his old dolphin thing. Uh, yeah, Stillwell, but that's, I think, that's you like know. a minor like comedy subplot almost. Oh sure, but in in terms of just exploring that, okay, there's more going on with him than just what we assumed at surface level. Uh, same with Stillwell, you know, her. Okay, yeah, we think oh she's evil, you know, doing d- all these terrible things, but then okay, no, she's oh no, but she al- no, but she always felt important though. Like it was always clearly her Homelander. And A Train were going to be the more important ones we learned about. Whereas Maeve felt like what Black Noir feels like. He's just kind of around. Sure. And yeah, Black Noir's in this episode, but he's again, he's just there. He's a foot soldier. He's not like Maeve felt like that for the first couple of episodes. Uh, and then I think these last couple have really elevated her to being feel like an important part of the show where no, like we're really exploring some themes with her. Um yeah. and make it really interesting. So um I'm excited about that because it, it, it's like another character I'm actually excited to see, you know, when we we get to those points. So uh no really good um so uh billy uh billy goes off at some point he has a great scene where he's talking to like a vendor at the uh i uh i, I think this might be my new favorite comedy moment of the show this, nah the this... make a wish is still funnier for no, me no, but i like no, this. this this is above the make a wish for me Nah, see, do you know what it is? There's nothing in this scene's great this is really funny him dropping the c-bomb about god constantly is really funny but there's nothing in this that, for me, hits the same beat when the camera swung across to the doctor when he shook, shook his head at A-Train when he's like, no, not next week. <laughs> that, is, that is still great. No, nothing in this scene touches that for me. But it is funny where he's basically, he calls, calls God a C-bomb and then the guy's like, did you just use the C-word to describe God? And he's like, well, yeah. I mean, he gives kids cancer, which is actually almost a callback to that video Yeah, scene. exactly. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and then his solution for all this was to nail his son to a, a, a plank of wood. If that's not a C-bomb move, then what is? We should just nuke him and get it over with. <laughs> I, look, what the moment that tops, you know, the, the, the make wish for me is as he's, as he's getting dragged away by Mother's Milk, He's like, just think about it, will you? <laughs> and the guy's there just like, doesn't know what to do. 
Yeah, but anyway, so he goes off uh, because he finds out that there's a, uh, a gravestone has been put down for his for his wife, who we find out more specifically in this episode is not technically confirmed dead. She is she's been missing for years. Obviously, we saw him looking at the footage of her like last she's known definitely showing up somewhere. Oh sure, of course. But we've we've been you know we've seen him look at the footage of her last known location on camera in yep. the park. You know, he was watching that over breakfast as he does, eating his hot pocket. I even think we spoke about that scene in whatever episode that was, but um, obviously it came flooding back when all this stuff was playing yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Um, and he, you know, he, he, he goes to see his sister-in-law, uh, his wife's sister, and inquires as to this, and he's really upset about it. He's like, no, she's still out there, I'm going to find, like, you know, she's not dead. Like, we're not, and she's like, no, no, like, you know, dad really wanted, or was it her dad or her mum? I don't know, like, uh, one of her parents really wanted to, like, go and, like, visit a grave and be able to speak to the daughter. To move on. And, you know, the sister's like, hey, we used your last name. We said, you know, you know, beloved wife. Like, you know, like, you, you were included in, in the sense of, like, you were important to her. But yeah. we knew you wouldn't accept this, so we couldn't tell you. Uh, and, of course, he goes to the, the gravestone and hits it with a sledgehammer. Yeah. And then it's the, uh, you know, the, the guy who looks after the, the There's a name for that. But the groundskeeper? groundskeeper that's the word okay it's like don't worry mate it's not a hate crime <laughs> <laughs> that killed me yeah but it's around this point where huey's got the intel from from ezekiel so mother's milk's phoned them and they're like okay we've got a location for where it goes at this hospital um and they, they head off to the hospital to go and retrieve a sample yes and we get there and it turns out we weren't wrong uh no no they are i mean yeah, they're clearly using it in babies. I mean, well, I'll wait and see in details to, to to really wave my victory flag over like them using it to make new metas. But I will say there is a line. I mean, again, it's just you know these characters echoing our thoughts, yeah. perhaps. But he does say, "Oh, you know that th- these soups aren't being born; they're engineering them." Yeah, which implies to me that okay, that's as good as confirming it for now. But uh, this this kid's got heat vision and. Uh, but he's in a little container. This baby's in a container, yeah, because of the heat vision. Because I presumably, yeah, I have to imagine this feels really dangerous when you've got a baby and like let's assume some are born naturally because maybe some of them did come from somewhere. Um, maybe yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe we'll find out what did actually engineer every superhero that's ever happened from birth. I mean, that may be. Yeah, something... maybe that's why they kind of have control over all of them. But uh, yeah, so heat vision. I'm like, okay, but if some were born naturally, imagine like the baby being born and just immediately blasting heat vision around the room. Like, oh shit, weren't prepared for that. That's, uh, that's one dead mother. That's one dead, and a lot, probably a couple of doctors and whoever else is in the room. Uh, so they're, they're getting their, 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 their compound V, they're ready to go, but then the guys with the guns come storming in, and they're like, shit. And Billy has a fantastic plan here where they hide behind he's the like, pillar. He's like, cover me, I got this. And he pops out from behind the pillar, holding the baby, pointing the baby's head at them, and then we get heat vision ripping through the gunmen and slicing them in half and decapitating them. And there's blood squirting everywhere. It's beautiful. This is amazing. Using the baby as a weapon. It's uh, <laughs> next level. It's great. And the way he sort of squeezes the head again, he's like, oh, come on, come on, one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love the line, actually, as he's leaving. He's like, ah, oh, you're a useful wee sod, aren't you? Um, either you be good or I'll come back and I'll stomp you. He's like, I-, I love the idea that this is almost the first admission from him that not all super, like, th- th- this super is not guilty of anything yet. He might be a, a nice person. He might be a good person. So he's almost acknowledging, like, him him not wanting to kill the baby at, at this stage confirms that at least deep down he knows that it's not just inherently they become evil because they're supers. Yeah, they, they, you know, otherwise he'd just put it down here and now if he truly believed yeah. in his cause, because 
there'd be no saving it. Exactly. Um, so, and I'm just I'm going to remember that for when we have to convince him that Annie's not evil, and and uh, yeah. obviously the female. If in, you about, like. in about two episodes' time, probably. Yeah, me. most likely. Uh, so no, this was delightful. Uh, so they've got a sample. They've got a sample of Compound V. That is the big takeaway from the end of the plot. But the heat vision was glorious. Um, so jumping back to A Train, who, and this actually ties into the other subplot as well. Actually, they're both kind of the one subplot. Is uh, you know, A Train's and Frenchies. They kind of come together. Uh, A Train's w- f- watching uh, one of the movies that sometimes the superheroes are in, and uh, we get we get a random Billy Zane cameo. Yeah. Because Popclaw was in this movie and she's like fighting Billy Zane. I don't know. That, that, that felt like it was going to turn into a porno at any moment. I think that was just the bad acting that was, do- <laughs> that was doing maybe, that. Maybe, but the music, the, the you know, her t- you know the, the, the well, kind of the, the turned up seductive thing. If you recall, going back to episode one, I pointed out I'd, I'd, I'd heard the creators talk about the fake movies in the TV show were inspired by Zack Snyder films. This was inspired by Zack Snyder. That's why I put that out there. Uh, yeah. So he's watching this, and then he, he's like, oh, I, I want to get the, the sex files that he's got on a USB stick secret. And he puts them on, and yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, it's in like a... It's in a teddy cam. Yeah. And he, he puts them into the, the TV, and he's watching them have sex, and then it cuts to the, the scene where she's face-sitting, and he's like, what's this? And, you know, she swishes the guy's head, and then the guys walk in, and, you know, Billy's got his back to the camera, so he doesn't see him, but he does get a look at Frenchie. And he prints out his image, and they get a list of all of his addresses because he's got a lot. He's got like a lot of like twenty aliases. Or yeah, apparently, um, all with different haircuts. But because uh, his girlfriend is at one of the places and see, you know sees them coming first, she's able to warn him that, that he's burned, and yeah. he has to leave. And he's he's been babysitting, uh, you know, the female. I, I hate calling her that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um, but that is kind of the name we have been given for now. Yeah. Uh, he's he's babysitting her, and he you know he, he keeps t- he talks to her a couple times in the episode, trying to convince her like, hey, you know, we're trying to help, we're trying to put stop the people who did this to you. But ultimately, when the people are coming, he's like, well, I can't look after you. Uh, Billy says just to let her state, like, you know, leave her there. He's not willing to do that because he's you know he's trying to like help her. He heart of gold, Frenchy. Heart of gold unshackles her. You know, he's made a breakfast at one point. And she doesn't eat it, unfortunately, but you know, he makes a breakfast. Um, that nice uh, chicken dinner with roast potatoes, by the looks of it. Um. Yeah, but uh, so she she just runs off. But then when he's on the he's on at the end of the episode, he's running down the alley and he sees a train in the distance. He's like shit, and he has to hide. Black Noir like jumps down behind him and like oh shit, like it's Batman time. But is it not Black Noir he saw in the distance on, over on the wall? You may be right. You may be right. Yeah. Um, but he jumps down behind him and then because Black Noir is helping a train at this point, a train's enlisted him to help with the search. He's brought him in, yeah. Um. But the female jumps out and like tackles him and like sort of like sends him flying like across the alley and gives Frenchie a chance to get away. And then we get Black Noir and the female having a fight, and it's very brutal. And she's doing okay, okay. but yeah. I mean, and then she's got a lot of skill and she's got a lot of speed. But Black Noir is essentially their evil Batman, so he he seems to have powers on top of the gadgets, though. Sure, sure, but he stabs her a bunch of times. Stabs her in the foot. Stabs her, you know, slices her stomach. It's really brutal. And then once he once he goes away after he's done this, Frenchie comes out and like holds her, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." And then we finally get to see outside of the speed and speed that she's got, because she does have she does seem to have some advanced speed and strength. Yeah, it it doesn't seem to be like super speed, but uh, enhanced. I would say. I, I would say Spider Man esque super speed, if that makes sense. Because sure. Spider-Man has enhanced speed and strength, but obviously it doesn't. It's not like the Flash where he's zooming about. He's 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 close to like Captain America, where it's like kind of peak. Quick parkour. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but we see her like true power. It's Wolverine-esque. It's it's the regeneration or start or wound yeah. heals. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we we end the episode. Yeah. Oh. Was that I everything? Feel until we... There were so many plots in that episode. I feel like I've missed like five of them, but I, we talked about a lot there. <laughs> we did. Until we get a better name for her, uh, I vote we refer to her as Honey Badger. I'm okay with that. Honey Badger, of course, is a, a character uh, from All New Wolverine. Uh, it's kind of, you know, Laura's the, the new Wolverine. You know, it used to be X-23. Honey Badger's now her sort of sidekick who's also got Wolverine powers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay know, with that. Uh, this is a great episode. It was good. I don't know if I loved it as much as last episode because last episode was like a new bar for the season for the show. Yeah, yeah. I think I think last episode was better, but I still say this was above like two and three at least. Sure, sure. Um, I no, I dug uh the stuff with uh with Annie. I dug the stuff with Maeve, um, and then everything else was was pretty solid. Obviously, Heat Vision was great. Uh, you know, it was a packed episode. Um. If anything, the only real complaint would be is, is a little bit scattershot because there's so much going on. It's, it's maybe less focused in the last couple. Uh, it is, sense. yeah. Uh, uh, it didn't feel meandering though, given that it's still a full hour. No, not meandering. Just a lot going on. So it's not as yeah. uh, tight in terms of uh, narrative focus, I suppose I'll say. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So you know, the, uh, the fact that Honey Badger jumped out and uh, protected him. Uh, you know, good good step forward there for for her jumping on board. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's good. Um, no, I'm excited. I've been enjoying this show a lot. You know, we're now just over halfway, and we've got three episodes left, and I'm excited about the rest of it. So uh, yeah, this has been uh, such a pleasant surprise. It has, it has. So yeah, and we're getting season two. So uh, let us know what you think, think of episode five in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. If you want to support us, you can do that a couple of ways. One is to rate and review us on your podcast app. Uh, if you're on the almost cancelled reviews reviews audio feed, um, you can rate and reviews on there. Uh, fantastic review on our Netflix feed actually that I just found today that I, I loved. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> that Connor guy is the worst. Putting no, no, that no it's on. the Connor guy is the worst. The Connor guy is the worst. Okay, putting that on a t-shirt. Still give us three stars though, because he likes me. Just for the record. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you can't dispute that. He said as much. That was the comment. <laughs> I, I can't dispute this one. Uh, this is this is. I want that t-shirt. I, I'm not reading between the lines. I, I'm just. I'm verbatim giving you the text and review. <laughs> Some terrible grammar though, so it's fine. Oh yeah, it was terrible grammar. It absolutely was. Uh, but uh, great review. So. Uh, you can review us uh, and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Uh, Apple Podcasts being the big one that people tend to use. Um, you can, of course, also support us financially and help us keep the podcast going on patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and you get some bonus episodes of some of the shows we do. You get some stuff early. Uh, higher tiers, you get to do other things like vote on episodes. You get to sponsor stuff and all sorts and so on. So uh, go and have a look at Patreon. Um, all Any support over there helps keep the shows coming and helps keeping us grow. So so uh, go and have a look. Uh, otherwise, check out other stuff we do. Check out um, our Netflix feed uh, or our shows we do from Netflix. Main Hunter season two is about to start, as is Glow season three. So looking forward to those. Um, get get a lot of good good discussion in there. Um, you can also check out some of the movie shows we do, such as the horror movie podcast, Screams After Midnight, or the sci-fi movie podcast, The Ace. So go and have a, a look at those if you're interested. So uh, otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?